Grace and peace be with you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Our sermon text for today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9. The Word of God reads, And after six days Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Word of the Lord. Well, if you're anything like me and my family, then you know how easy it is to get distracted and how prone we are to wonder and to lose sight of Jesus. This is especially true in these days with all the uncertainty and upheaval caused by the coronavirus pandemic. It's likely that many of you have spent several hours watching the news, reading reports, scrolling Facebook, gathering data, running to the store to stock up on a few staple items. These are definitely uncertain times, and in the last few days, many of us have been consumed by thoughts and concerns over this pandemic. It's easy to be distracted in the midst of all of this uncertainty, to be distracted from the gospel, to be distracted from the Lord Jesus. And so as we continue in our series on the Gospel of Mark, I hope that in some way, the story that we enter into today will help draw your attention back to the glorious face of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't mean this to be taken as any form of escapism. It's simply a matter of trying to recenter our hearts and minds and lives on the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of a very difficult and trying time. Spring break happened last week for some people. It was supposed to happen this week for others. And many people on spring break take advantage of the break to go to nice and exotic places. Some want to go to the mountains. The mountains are a place that have drawn my attention from my childhood on. I went to the mountains for summer camp. I lived in Colorado for a while and spent much time in the mountains. I went on hikes in Mexico up mountains. Mountains have played a large role in my life and I'm constantly drawn to them as a place where I can find peace and rest. It's likely that some of you, like me, find ourselves thinking along the lines of Bilbo Baggins who once said, I want to see mountains, Gandalf, mountains and then find some place where I can rest in peace and in quiet. 
In the last few days, many of us have been overwhelmed by news events and by concerns and anxieties, and it's likely that we too wish we could get away from it all and perhaps go to the mountains and find that rest and peace and quiet. Well, in the spirit of that, I want to invite you up a mountain with Jesus and his disciples. We enter into the story of the transfiguration, and in order to get up on that sacred mountain, we need to take a hike in our spirit to get up that mountain. Mountains play an important role in the story of God. They are amazing features of God's creative and redemptive story. Mountains are the sacred places where God reveals himself to his people. Israel gathered at a mountain to worship God. Prophets went up on mountains to meet with God. Nations streamed to the mountain of God in order to find salvation. Likewise, in this story, the disciples went up on a high mountain with Jesus. I doubt if they knew exactly what they were in for, Whatever they imagined or whatever they expected to happen, Jesus had something much better in mind for them. He led his disciples up a high mountain to get away from the daily grind of the crowds and the markets and the synagogue and work and school. Why? He wanted to show them his glory. And how did he do that? Jesus was transformed before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became radiant as light and dazzling white as no one on earth could bleach them. Jesus' physical appearance was radically changed before their waking eyes. Can you imagine just how amazing and terrifying that would be. Think about it. Jesus had been walking among his disciples in the form of a human servant, not in the form of a divine king. But suddenly, in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, his face was altered and his form was changed and his glory shone around them. His majesty overwhelmed his meekness, and he was literally metamorphosized, and his disciples saw the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This was not the first time ever that something like this had happened in the story of God. God revealed his power and glory to other prophets on the mountain of God. Remember when Moses encountered God's glory on the mountain, he was transformed by what he saw. His face became radiant and it reflected the glory of God. But when Jesus went up on the mountain, what he experienced was even better. When he ascended the mountain, his face became radiant, not because he saw God, but because he was God. His face became radiant, not because he reflected the glory of God, but because he revealed and represented the glory of God. The transfiguration simply manifested the truth and reality of who Jesus is. 
As the book of Hebrews says, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the representation of God's being. When Jesus was transformed on the mountain, something very curious happened. Moses and Elijah appeared with him. This was not the first time ever that they encountered God on a mountain. It was not even the first time they had ever seen Jesus. Do you remember the story of how Moses asked God to show him his glory? God answered his prayer and invited him to come up on the mountain. So Moses went up on the mountain and he stood in the cleft of a rock. God drew near, covered Moses with his hand and passed by. And as God passed by, he proclaimed his name. And it was in the proclamation of his name that he revealed his glory to Moses. He proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. This is found in Exodus 34. As God passed by, he let Moses catch a glimpse of his glory, catch a glimpse of his backside, but not his face. And thus God revealed his glory to Moses the prophet. Do you remember the story of how God revealed his glory to Elijah? Not long ago, we heard the story of how Elijah, feeling a deep sense of despair, escaped from his enemies, fled through the desert up to the mountain of God, and hid himself in a cave, in a crack, in a rock. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains apart and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire the sound of a low whisper. The Lord was in the calm, gentle voice. And it was in that calm and gentle voice that God revealed his power and his glory to Elijah on the mountain. What did Moses see? What did Elijah hear? They saw and they heard Jesus from a distance. How did they survive these encounters with God? They took shelter in a rock, and that rock was Christ our Savior. Now, once again, in this story, we see Moses and Elijah standing on a sacred mountain. And what do they see? They see the glory of God 
in the radiant face of Jesus Christ. Have you ever wondered why Moses and Elijah appeared with Jesus? The Gospel of Luke tells us that they came to talk to Jesus. And they weren't making small talk and just talking about daily news and the events of life in general. They came to talk to Jesus about his departure, about his exodus. In the Gospel of Mark, we have seen that Jesus has been leading his followers on the true and better exodus, an exodus that will take him from life to death at the crucifixion, an exodus that will take him from death to life at the resurrection, an exodus that will take him from earth to heaven at the ascension, an exodus that will ultimately take the followers of Jesus from exile to paradise. Moses and Elijah came to speak to Jesus because the storm of the cross was brewing on the horizon, and they are sent by the Father to comfort and console Jesus, the Father's Son. Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, come to speak to Jesus because they foreshadow and represent the death and the life of Christ in the gospel. Like Moses, Jesus will die and be buried in the earth. Like Elijah, Jesus will live and be taken up into heaven in the clouds. And Peter, James, and John, the inner circle of Jesus' disciples, had front row seats to this conversation, to the transfiguration. They were eyewitnesses of all these things, and they were struck with a holy fear. They saw the majesty and the glory of Jesus, and they were driven to worship him in reverence and awe. Whatever concerns they had, whatever cares they brought with them up the mountain, whatever conflicts were brewing among their community, whatever controversies were taking place in Jerusalem and Judea, all of those things faded to the background and were pushed aside by the radiant face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And no sooner do they have a chance to gaze upon Jesus and eavesdrop on this conversation between Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, than all of a sudden, a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is the cloud of glory, the cloud that led the people of God out of Egypt through the wilderness to the land of promise. And out of this cloud of glory, a voice comes. And it is the voice of the Father directing the attention of Moses and Elijah, Peter, James, and John to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. I want you to think about what's happening in this scene Jesus was on the verge of experiencing the hell of persecution, rejection, and crucifixion in in Jerusalem. Not to mention the hell of 
being separated from his father for a time. So what did his father do for him? One, his father sent two old friends to comfort and counsel him in his time of need. And two, the father declared his deep and abiding love for him. This is my son. This is the one I love. This is the one you must hear. And what we see in the story of the transfiguration is the love between the father and the son. The love between the father and the son is eternal. The father loves the son and sent him into the world to save the world. The father loves the son and he commands the world to listen to his son. And the son loves the father. Therefore, he came to serve the father, to give his life a ransom for many sinners, to lead the people of God on the true and better exodus. We could say that Jesus was transformed on the sacred mountain of God by the power and the glory of God. And that would be right and that would be true. But the story also indicates to us that Jesus was transformed, transfigured by the love of his father. And I want you to know that it is the same love that the father had for the son. It's that same love that transforms us. That transfigures us. According to the apostles, transformation is just as relevant and real for us as it was for Jesus. Transformation is what happens to us when we gaze upon the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. We become what we worship. We become like who we serve. By beholding the glory of the Lord in worship, we are being transformed into the image of Christ from one degree of glory to another. Transformation is what happens to us when we offer our bodies to God as living sacrifices. We are not to be conformed to the pattern of this age, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Transformation is what will happen to us at the end of all things. Jesus will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. In other words, transformation is what happens to us when we enter into the drama of redemption. When we participate in the story of Jesus. When we go up on the mountain of the Lord. And gaze upon the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We are already being transformed now. But our transformation is not yet complete. And so you see we are living in the overlap of the ages. In the already not yet tension of the good news of Jesus Christ. The transformation that we are experiencing day by day, moment by moment, is permanent, and yet it is progressive. 
We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from seeing the fading glory on his face. We are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, not only in our faces, but in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls. This comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Well, a few minutes ago, I invited you to come up on the mountain because I wanted us to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ together. And it is my hope and prayer that we have at least caught a glimpse of his glorious and radiant face. But now, as we come down from the mountain, I want to urge you to make every effort to turn your eyes upon Jesus to look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth which grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. As we were encouraged by Pastor Zach last week, we must simply pray that God the Father will help us see the Lord Jesus Christ. And let us do that now. Father of glory, we ask you to give us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the full knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We ask you to enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we may know the hope to which you have called us and know the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints and know the immeasurable greatness of your power toward us who believe. We offer our prayers in the name of your beloved Son, Jesus. Amen.